Hello, and welcome to the High Street Community Church Podcast. We're so excited you're learning alongside us, and we pray this message leads you closer to the Lord and others. High Street Community Church is simply a family of friends following Jesus. God bless you as you listen. starting a whole new series called um, Live Your Best Life, and we cross out the why because we want it to read Live Our Best Life, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But the the title came to me because I came across an article um, online. Actually, it said that there's over, at the the time of the writing, it wasn't quite a million, and I just looked it up the other day. You know what a, a hashtag is? It's a little pound sign, and they write, someone writes the words, um, live your best life. Over two million posts are on that, on that um, hashtag, just on Instagram alone. And so if you were to um, follow that one, live your best life, you'd, you could look up to two million posts that talk about how to live your best life, or it'd be a picture of someone living their best life. And I think uh, one of the people said it was a phrase that, Oprah started, and it's kind of just been passed around because people really generally want to live their best life. And uh, most of the posts, I just started following it. There there are a lot of kind of common sense posts, a lot of goals on how to, you know, reach the things that you want to do, a lot of language about you. You know, it's about you first. Anyways, an article wrote about this live your best life kind of theme that's going around, and the article summarized the whole kind of movement this way. You need to have a lot of free time and financial privilege (laughs) in order to follow these things. So I'm like, okay, I don't really have either of those, so I guess I can't live my best life. Fortunately, Jesus claimed that he is the way to live your best life. He says in John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then in John 10.10, he says... In, in regards to why he came, I have come that you might have life to the full, life abundant. So Jesus is straight out saying, if you want to live your best life, I'm the way to do that. Follow me, listen to me, live like I live. And First John, the book that we're going to be doing, um, um, putting all of our time in as we, as we go through this series on live your best life, it's a letter written by um, one of Jesus' disciples, the disciple John, and it's, um, it's actually written to a bunch of churches. And it's to churches that are around, this is a kind of a rough guesstimate, they're around 50 years old. Our church is just around 50 years old. We should read this letter. Anyways, these churches had kind of gotten off track, and some of them had some false teachers. And so it was written in such a way that would help these churches get back on track because um, as one commentator said, on the, his, his commentary is, is titled, Life at Its Best. A commentary on First John. So I said, okay, that's a good title that goes with what we're talking about. We want to live our best life. The book of First John wrestles with this topic. So who is John, one of Jesus' disciples? He wrote this letter. Who is he? So one of 12 disciples. He was probably the youngest disciple and probably the only disciple, you know, the only follower of Jesus that actually died of natural causes. So the disciples that were following him, all of them usually went to a, a, a bad end probably because they were followers of his, but he, um, being one of the youngest, actually lived the, the longest. 
and he wrote this book. And he also wrote the Gospel of John, which tells the story of Jesus. And then this is a letter to churches that he wrote. Um, it's actually to a bunch of churches in Turkey. Any of you ever heard of Turkey? So these churches in Turkey needed some help and encouragement, and here's what he wrote to them. And uh, one of the um, commentators actually said this about John, and it makes a lot of sense. He says, of all the disciples or all the writers in the New Testament, you think of Peter, and he was a fisherman. So when Jesus met him, what was he doing? He was starting things. He was, he was fishing for people, and he became a fisher, or fishing for fish, and then he became a fisher of men. So Peter, in some of his writings, talks about starting churches and bringing people to faith in Jesus. And then there was Paul, and what was he doing? Is he was a tent maker, and he was building things. And the letters that he wrote to the churches and the work that he did was about building up the church. Well, John, what he was doing is he was mending nets when Jesus found him, and so he was fixing things. And John's letters are about fixing the churches, mending things, making things better, making them some as they ought to be. The, um, the book of 1 John, so if we're going to look at this book as an overview, there's an introduction, which we'll look at today, and then, the, then there's two main sections. The first section is about God being light. So the theme is light. God is light. And then the second section of the book is that God is love. So we see these two things, light and then love, and then he concludes the book. And, and I kind of think of it like this way. If God's going to show us what life is at its best, he's going to turn on the lights, you know, show the truth, here's the deal, and then he gives us the answer, life is about loving, loving God and loving people. That's what it's about. So turn on the lights, see the truth, and then be loving like God is loving. That's generally what we're going we're gonna to find out as we walk through this. Um, so why would we look at the book of 1 John for High Street Community Church? Why this book now? Well, uh, the last few of our sermon series were on topical things. We did things on how to become a follower of Jesus and how to cultivate followers of Jesus. That was the whole Follow Me uh, series. And then we studied trees, and we said, how do trees mark the path from beginning life all the way to uh, reconnecting with God. The, the whole story of God, the, actually the whole story of the Bible can be traced by following trees. And we learned a lot by studying trees, learned a lot about God and a lot about ourselves. And those were kind of, I would say, more topical series. And it's just time for us to just study a book. Because when you study a book of the Bible, you don't really get to pick and choose what parts you want to preach on and what you don't. You just preach through the whole thing and hear what God has to say to us. And I don't know that one is better than the other, but it's just good to have a mix like that. We haven't been in a book of a Bible for a while, so I thought... Let's look at the book of 1 John. I'm also, because I just love the book of John, the gospel of John, and he wrote this as well. So a favorite author of mine in the Bible. Um, and then the, the other thought is, I, I mentioned he wrote this to churches that were around 50 years old, and our church is just over 50 years old. I don't sense that our church is in theological drift, but I know that there's all kinds of false teachings and all kinds of just different influences that can be on us, and it's just wise, kind of like wise to go to the doctor for a checkup. How are we doing as a church? Because the book of 1 John just says, here's the basic things of what it means to follow God. Here's what it means to be a healthy church. He, you know, it's like if there's any darkness in our church, or specifically if there's any darkness in your life, I had a seminary professor say, how do you get rid of darkness? You just shove it in a corner? What do you do to get rid of darkness? And one of those, you know, less intelligent students just goes, why don't you just turn on the lights? And he's like, correct. <laughs> it was the most simple answer that we, you know, we were thinking, how do we get rid of darkness? You know, the smart, smart students. And he said, exactly, you don't push darkness away. You just turn on the lights. And the professor said, I frankly don't care where it goes. 
just gone. And so looking at the book of 1 John is just a bunch of light, a bunch of truths that we need to see. You don't need to worry about the heresies necessarily. Just focus on the truth. So that's what we'll do in the book of 1 John. So right before I start reading this book, I would love for us to just pause one time, uh, one more time, and pray, and just uh, ask God to be our teacher. Let's pray. God, thanks um, first and foremost for preserving your word. We actually get to read the words that somebody wrote who spent time with your son, Jesus Christ. We get to read a witness account that's actually written to a church. We can read this letter in many ways like it's written to us. And because you're God, you preserved this letter for a couple thousand years boggles my mind. But not just that we have the letter, but we have the truth of this letter. I know that song that says, Lord, I'm prone to wander. I feel it. All of us, all of us in this room, at some point or another, wander. We make mistakes. We get off track. As a church, we get off track. We, we lose the plot. We don't mean to. Or maybe sometimes we do, but we admit that we need to be, get back on track. We need to hear the basics of what it means to follow you, who you are and who we are. Would your spirit teach us now as we walk through this um, important letter, open our eyes, um, so that not we, we would not only know the truth, but that we would be full of joy, that we'd live the best life, that you as a creator, as the designer of life, you know how people can live that best life. And you're unafraid to tell us. May we hear it in Christ's name. Amen. So open up your Bibles. There's Bibles in front of you in the pews there. Pull those out. It's on page 1,301. That's where the, this uh, book of 1 John starts. So 1,301. We're going to look at the first four, four verses, right near the back of the Bible. And if you're taking notes, I know there's a little insert in the bulletin for taking notes. The notes are a little bit different today because mostly it's, it's an introduction. But I'm going to point out, I think, uh, five key words. So you do well to just write these five key words down in your notes because I'm going to read the passage. I'm going to talk about those five key words, and then I'm going to read the passage again so they'll make more sense as I read them. Um, so if you want to write those down, the first word is manifest. The title of today's message is The Manifested Life. Manifest. The second word is beginning. So manifest, then beginning. The third word, you're going to have this, I got like three or four words for the third word. He, he repeats these, he says seen, heard, or touched, so I just kind of um, clump those together as witness. You could say eyewitness. He talks about seeing and hearing and even touching Jesus. So that's the third word, Witness. Fourth one is um, proclaim. 
And the last word is fellowship. So again, John is writing this letter to churches. Um, the way it works, too, is 1 John is the letter that was passed around to a ton of different churches in the region that we now call Turkey. So they're passing around this letter. And then there's also 2 and 3 John. So 2 John is actually written to one specific church. This is what scholars believe. And 3 John is written to one specific person. So it was like one church got three letters, and this was you know, highlighted to this, this um, church. And one of the letters was just to a person in that church. And then they just passed them all around together. But the one that made the most sense or the one that was really written to all the churches for them all to read specifically directed to all the churches so kind of more generalized was first john and there's there's a couple things in there that are helpful to read in second and third john but they're much shorter there's again specifically directed at one church and then at one person in third john so we're going to focus on first john and i'll just read this these first four verses and look at it like this so john is really excited i think to talk to these churches and it almost comes out like, as I read this, it's like, you know when someone comes up to you and they're just talking, talking, they just kind of repeat things and they're excited and there's themes coming out? It does, it's not that it doesn't make sense, but it's just kind of like a, a burst of consciousness coming onto you. It's, it's almost like a giant run-on sentence is, as it comes across. So, yeah, as you English teachers, Linda, don't correct this, okay? He's putting in a lot of information right at once and he's, he's I believe, really excited about this. Starting in verse 1. That which was from the beginning, one of our key words, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, another key word, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things that our joy may be, may be made complete. Whew! I'm going to have to read that again at the end of this. So let me, let me point out these key words. First one, and I would say maybe the most important one, is manifest. Manifest. So what does that mean? That means like shown to us, revealed. And one of the, the heresies that John was writing to with these churches is they didn't think Jesus was really God or they thought that Jesus was God, but he just kind of took over a body of this person, Jesus. And then when it came time to be crucified, the, that, that deity, that spirit left. There, there are all kinds of things they didn't believe about Jesus. So instead of picking apart the things they didn't believe, John just writes the letter and says, here's the truthful thing. And the first thing he starts out with, with is manifest is that God showed himself through the person of Jesus Christ. If you read the Gospel of John, there's no um, pulling punches. Jesus, John writes this, and Jesus says it, I am God. He doesn't say, I'm kind of like God, or I point to God. I am God. He's God revealed in Jesus Christ. And that's a very, very big, important thing that needed to be said right out of the gate, is that John, as an eyewitness, says, I saw him, I heard him, I touched him. He's real. So we have this first-person witness talking about who, who is God, and it's Jesus himself. The second key word is beginning. And I want to read two different things in the Bible that have to do with beginnings. And the first one is in the very start of the Bible, in Genesis 1. It says, in the beginning, key word, beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So that's the beginning of the beginning, as recorded in the Bible. Then in the Gospel of John, John writes in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, not anything was, that was made, not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then we read in 1 John, the very start, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, and goes on to say about who Jesus is. So these are themes coming together that the beginning matters. When it comes to Jesus, we need to know that he was there at the start. In fact, everything was created with and through him. That's important as you're telling a church, and we all need to know this. Let's, let's just see, hear this as the, as the church. Where did everything begin? Where did it come from? From God. Who was there in the beginning? God. And Jesus was there as well, and it was all made through him. Point one needs to be heard and understood right away. And then the, the next point, the next key word I said was seen, heard, touched, witnessed. He says this a couple of times. I don't think it's by accident. He's saying, you know, this is an older witness. John, is, they think he's in his 80s, 90s years old, writing to all these churches, and he says, I was there. I saw him. I heard him. I even touched him. And, and you know, we, we see this in court. Witnesses have great standing. If someone was there and saw it, we listen to their statement. And th this is what's coming across right now is John is, is being a witness. In fact, if you were going to ask somebody, I'm going to pick on you, Michael, real quick. If you wanted marriage advice, I probably wouldn't ask Michael and Michaela. I believe they have a good marriage. But Roger and Norma, I would ask them. 70 years, right? John, the apostle, has been around for a long time. He's lived it. He's not recanted his story. All the other disciples, probably at this point, had been killed for saying, and they didn't recant their stories either. So this is a witness worth listening to. Much like if you want to say, hey, what's it like to be married 70 years? Tell us. Lord willing, we'll get to hear, you, hear from you 70 years from now. Say, here's how you do it. So powerful witness is John. The fourth key word is proclaim or testify. See, it's one thing to know all this stuff. It's one thing to have spent time with Jesus. It's one thing to have the knowledge. But John didn't keep it to himself. He told people. He wrote it down. See, we can know about God, but if you know something about God and you don't share it, you've missed the point. We're to communicate. He communicated through writing. He communicated by sharing verbally. The last key word, and this is where I want to talk about our... Um, our sermon title is Live Your Slash Our Best Life. The lie that we mistake is thinking that I'm going to live a good life on my own. It's not lived on your own. It's together. And, and the, the verse says here, let me read it again, verse 4, or verse 3. That which we've seen and heard proclaim to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we're writing these things so that you, so that our joy may be complete. One of the scholars talked about fellowship, and he, he's kind of being corny. I guess it's appropriate dad joke. 
He says, when I was in the Navy, we knew what fellowship was. It was two fellows on the same ship. Ah, hilarious. <laughs> but that is really the, the case, is, is John is writing this to these people and saying, I want you to be on board with God so we can be together. See, God doesn't force us to be in relationship with him. We can be in relation, we can be not connected with God, but then we can't be connected to others that are with God. We got to be on the same ship. In, in order for us to really have complete joy together, for us to be together, we have to be on board with God. We have to have this belief in God together. And that's what brings this joy. When we're both on the same ship. Let me read these uh, verses again, and then I'm going to challenge us as we uh, finish up today. Just listen to verses 1 to 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Do you believe God wants the best life for you? The best. Now, the second question is a little bit harder. Are you willing to have a course correction? Right? One of the toughest things for us is to admit that we're wrong or to admit that we're off track. And you may be totally on track, but as we go through the book of 1 John, are you willing to say, ooh, I got that one wrong? So when he wrote this letter to these churches, some of them didn't really believe Jesus was who he said he was. And that was going to really affect their lives. It's going to affect them terribly. And so he's correcting them with these truths. Are they open to hear this? Are you open to hearing who Jesus really is? makes all the difference in the world. If you want and believe that God can give you the best life for all of us, we've got to start there. Do we believe Jesus is who he says he is? Now next week, I'm going to give you a little head start because I've been studying this and soaking in this, so now I'm going to ask you to join, join me in my struggle. It's next week... We're going to hear something pretty tough. And if you want to live your best life, guess what? The first thing you got to start with is confession. Confession is admitting that we're wrong, admitting that we, we are doing things our own way, that we're not listening, that we're, that we're being selfish. you got to start there. If you want to live your best life, if we're going to live our best life, we have to let God turn on the lights. Guess what happens when you turn on the lights? We see what's not so good. So the question I have for us regarding actually coming up to next week is, are you ready for the lights? It's not easy. Again, I've been studying this, working through this. This isn't new necessarily to me, but it's like, ooh, okay. Am I ready to confess? Do I want to be healthy? If we do really want to, we say, yes, I want God's best, we got to be open for even hard things. And my experience is as, we, as I have opened my life to God and say, okay, I'm willing to have the lights turn on and see what's less than, actually, it's hard in the moment, but that's where joy comes from. 
You know, you, you get this great joy when you're cleansed. You get this great joy when you're forgiven. You get, you get to go on the path towards healing. That's where we're headed. I want us to now, I'm going to close this in prayer, but I want to do this a little bit different. I want to have this kind of a participatory prayer. And so I'm going to ask us to uh, bow our heads, close our eyes, and I'd like you, if this is your thought, you say, okay, I'm willing to get on this ship with God, and I'm willing to have the lights turned on and God to reveal what needs to be corrected. So I'd ask you to put your hands out in front of you and say, yes, I want to receive. I want to hear from you, God. And I want you to um, guide me into your way. Let's pray. Father, um, we put our hands out in a posture of humility and receiving. We have all gone astray. We all need your forgiveness and your healing. You're a gentle, good, loving father, and you're a caring shepherd that knows how to correct wayward sheep. Would you use this letter from John in our lives and in the lives of our church? We truly do want to live our best lives. And surely that means living your ways. Ways that will be painful at times, but ultimately are for the best. We believe this, and we say thank you. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to the High Street Community Church weekly message. We hope you were encouraged to follow Jesus. For more, please subscribe to our podcast or visit us online at hscchurch.org.